Welcome to the 305th episode of The Bobcast. My name's Robert Cahill, and I've been staring at a Ouija board because I'm too scared to use it for almost 10 years now. We like to round things up live in the lounge. I'm solo again this week because we've had some people work their schedules, you know, around vacations and stuff like that that didn't see coming up my son's graduation is this thursday uh so i want to drop an episode solo me just b.o.b here in the lounge with the ouija board you know the funny thing is i got really sick and tired of saying that after you know prolonged episodes but you know i believe that you got to stick with with something once you commit if you quit you know it's like if you're if you formerly smoke cigarettes, as soon as you have one drag, you know that romance has begun. You know that there's nothing left except for you to fall victim to ultimately the addiction. I, I it's been almost two and a half years. I I'm gonna start talking about it more, you know, and I, I've been having dreams that I am smoking. I have dreams that I'm ripping apart the cellophane to the lights I have dreams that my ego is now posturizing itself with a cigarette because that's really what it's all about right David Lee Roth and Joe Rogan was talking about this how all of his heroes smoke cigarettes and all of my heroes in the 90s smoke cigarettes and that brainwash that gets into you like bleach in your clothing I, you know, I can hear the rain right now through my headphones, and it's very relaxing two minutes into this show, give or take with the intro, you know, we gotta round things up. I, uh, have been now out in public for, I guess, almost a month, you know, since the mask mandate was lifted at Trainer James Wilson's, uh, wedding belfry, his wedding shenanigans which was a wonderful party to be at. It was the first night that the masks were lifted and I was the best man in a wedding, dude. I could deliver the speech without the mask. It was sweet. Sweets. Um, I gotta be honest, though, because, you know, it's not all fun and games. You know, sometimes there can be a negative. <laughs> you know what? The podcast is really good to talk about these feelings that I'm having because, you know, lately, you know, these last couple of weeks, you know, I've... Uh, I helped arrange an event with uh, Koopa Loop there in Kunchahakan. Koopa Loop, Koopa Kunchahakan, we should call it. The Kunchahakan Arts Fest with uh, my good friend Yaniv, the mayor of Kunchahakan. And, uh, you know, meeting people you haven't seen, uh, socializing. You know, I forgot that I wasn't. I'm not. I guess people think I'm good at it, but you know what, dude? Like, sometimes, ah, uh, I want to hit the emergency exit. I want 
I want to hit the evacuate button, man. I want to get out of a conversation just like that. You know, like I, I had read uh, Seth Rogen's book about, you know, a meeting he had with Nick Cage. Nick Cage didn't like something Seth said. Just basically got up from the te- table and said, I got to go. And that's a goal of mine in life is just to say, I'm sorry, something just came up. I got to go. And like not even use my phone as like a proxy, you know, uh, type, uh, you know, <laughs> prop. I hate when I do that stuff, man. And I know maybe some of you do too because you're listening to podcasts because you've got your phone in your hand. Most of the time you're probably listening to me through Spotify or Podbean. But uh, you, you get this feeling that uh, you can use your phone to escape social situations. I, I'm too busy right now. I'm getting a text message. There's no way I could possibly engage in conversation with you. If you're somebody like me who's fallen victim to that, raise your hand. I, I can see you. Mm-hmm. I can I can feel your energy right now coming through the the speakers into my ears. But yeah, it's tough being out there with people who want to um, exploit your energy. There's people out there that I haven't seen in a while that it's very obvious that they didn't learn anything from this pandemic. They didn't do any soul searching. They just maybe got a little drunker, got a little bit more angrier, got a little bit more. Um, less opinionated and more driven by ego, right? I mean, it's all about me. What can I get from me? Yeah. What can I get from me? What 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 makes me feel good, right? I, there's a, a couple of things that you could do. You could meditate in the morning and say this as your mantra. What can I do today to make myself feel good? Because, you know, most people don't do that. They don't do something during the day that makes them feel good. I mean, um, I work out. You know, I don't work out because I want to look like Brad Pitt. I work out because, yeah, yeah I want to lose weight. And I also want to have the mental health benefit strides, you know. Um, cardio and sweating. Uh, life is movement, you know. So it's like. The more you move, the less your problems affect you. And, you know, I I wish that more people would engage in my friend circle, I guess, with uh, exercise and socialization. Socialization sometimes can be so trite, but I I feel like if you could throw like a fucking ball into the mix, you know, people could like start to loosen up a bit because really we're all just grown children, right? I mean, that's how it is in my eyes, you know, you got to entertain people. And what's the best way to entertain somebody than a ball? You know, let's have a catch. Let's have a bounce. Let's do something. But you know what? People don't like doing that no more because they don't like to face the facts that they still are children. Just grown now with, you know, hair growing in the ears that you shave with a razor blade that's not appropriate for that. You're a child who, you know just basically want somebody to take care of them. I mean, I think that's what we all really want in life is we want contact. We all want to be around people. We want to feel their energy. We don't talk about it enough because we're so blindsided by the fact that I guess we, we're not interested in the, into getting to know one another, you know? Nobody looks at you when you go to a store. They try to, like, avert your eyes. So I try to stare them down like Dracula or better yet, like Renfield. Renfield was Dracula's uh, assistant back in the day who lost his mind. And I always thought it was fascinating that Dracula never turned Renfield. He never turned him into a vampire, that is. He just drove him into more, more 
<laughs> madness until he just broke and then became like I guess Dracula's subservient version of Alfred in the monster mythologies. I uh, I always enjoyed the idea that Dracula could be friends with humans and not turn them. I I just thought that that was fascinating, right? I mean, because at the heart of it, Dracula what he represents the evil inside us, or the also too, I guess. Dracula represents what we all want and without even saying it I guess it would be you know we all want to live forever right but then forever turns into real forever and then you're like dude fuck this I don't want to do this no more you just don't want to do it you know I wouldn't necessarily want to live forever but um, I know that I want to try to do good things while I'm here on earth you know and uh the other day, something happened that was it's quite fascinating, really. And uh, I'm going to share it with you guys because I think you could learn a little lesson. Maybe You know what? You don't have to be a parent, but you just got to be human brain. Excuse me. <laughs> a human brain? <laughs> you just got to be a human being, man. You got to have a heart in between your your breasts you gotta have a heart in between your 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 mind body and soul okay you gotta have some sort of feeling for what it means to be a good human right so the other day I was on my way to where were we going my son and I were on our way to oh yeah that's right we were going to a playground and this playground was up near East Norton. And uh, as we got to the busy intersection of 202, where, you know, the ground is a, a warfare of concrete. And, like, there's, it's just a bad, bad place, man. There's broken glass everywhere, you know. It hasn't survived the pandemic like we have. And uh, I noticed this, you know, just people people panicking up ahead and I see brake lights and then I see emergency lights and I see people waving their hands in the air and I'm like holy shit what's going on and then all of a sudden in the corner of my my view I see this little dog dude this little like Pomeranian dog run by right and I'm like holy shit look at this dog this dog's gonna get killed here on the extremely aggressive Germantown Pike so you know, this dog then 360s, and this dog goes up 202. And at this point, I am basically warning traffic that this dog is now coming by waving ahead because this dog could, at any moment could just do something crazy. And then I, was, my bro, my son's like, what's going to happen, Dad? What's going to happen to the dog? And I, I see my opportunity to safely pull to the side of the road so my son's out of danger. I get out of the car. I stop traffic both ways coming, and I saved this dog, okay, so this dog then starts to run from me, <laughs> this dog starts to run circles around these bushes, which is right in front of the McDonald's on 202, there's this abandoned, like, fit zone place, I'm outside there with these bushes, with this dog, I'm like, please dog, don't die, please traffic, slow down, there's a crowd of spectators, there's other people running, I see the owner in the far distance, about a, maybe 150 feet towards the 202 Germantown disaster zone intersection. And uh, this other guy gets out of his car, and him and I together um, lure this dog, and I lure the dog with the promise of a treat in my hand, which is basically my thumb. I do it sometimes if 
Lucy gets off the leash or something like that, you know? So finally, the dog comes up, and I grab it with my two hands. And I grab it, and I pick it up. I turn around to make sure my son's okay. My son sees me with the dog in his hands. And my son's elated, smiling, cheek to cheek, you know? And um, at this point, you know, traffic is resuming. And um, I, I, I can see that the owner of the dog is... Now, still at 150 feet away, and the owner is just exasperated. She can't move really fast. And at this point, too, I really don't want to walk down there and leave my son with my car running and emergency lights. I'm, I'm less than 10 feet from my son, right? And I just, I'm weirded out by that shit, dude, because I've watched too many movies, and I could totally see somebody just jumping into the car and me going off the goddamn deep end and becoming Michael Douglas and falling down. So this guy then comes running from the owner's direction. And he he must have been part of the chase or something. He's out of breath. He's yelling at me to give him the dog so he can take the dog to the owner. And my ego, my mind, my mind is saying, no, motherfucker, I just <laughs> got my heart rate up to like 210 beats per minute, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I am jacked up on an adrenaline right here. I want to take the claim to fame. I want to be the one that takes the prize. And then I looked back at my son, and I was like, you know, maybe that's not the story that should be told here. So I handed the dog to the guy, and um, we left. I saw the, the dog got back to its owner as we drove by. And I felt weird. My ego wanted to be like the one that handed the dog to the owner, right? It's like this weird thing that's inside each and every one of us, right? But then slowly as I peeled that back, I realized that the thing that's more important is that my son will always remember the day that daddy put it on the line and saved that Pomeranian. And that's way better, dude, than me getting any type of reward or trophy. You know, we live in this society where it's like we label everything. We, we we even rate restaurants when we go out. We rate we rate Uber drivers. You probably rate this podcast with five stars in iTunes. If you do it, I'll come out and buy you a coffee. But the truth of the matter is, is that we we put a value on everything, right? And for me, that was a really big learning lesson. And I think that me saving that dog was the spark that really got things going in the right motion where I'm just going to try to avoid that type of... I don't even know what it is. It's like this part of us or me just wants validation, right? Just wants to be like, good job, like, a good job, son. You did a good job. That's all we want, right? So, you know... I'm saying good job to you right now. Good job for listening this far, you know? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And good job for trying to be a good person if you're somebody who's interested in advancing yourself. Start practicing these types of things. Altruism, man. Do things for others and not ask anything upon them for yourself. Because when you start to do that, good things happen. And they just pop out of nowhere. My name's Bob, and this has been another episode of...